This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 266. All of your senses contribute to the experience that you have. We all know this. It's part of the reason why Disney controls the smell while you're walking through their parks. It's amazing. They contribute to the experience that you're having. Another example, bakers put cinnamon in their stoves so that you will smell it while you're walking down the street. All of your senses contribute to the experience that you're having. So um, if you're in productivity mode for work, the clothing that you wear, the sounds that you're listening to, the smells, the way that your skin feels, all of that contributes to your capacity to move into the productivity of the moment for that activity. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello, it is wonderful to have you join us. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. This is the Star Coach Show, and we have a fabulous show for you today where we're going to be talking about a resource that we all have within us that maybe we don't pay enough attention to, and that is our superpower of learning. We are going to have the most interesting conversation about the three different ways that we as human beings can learn and what we can do to maximize those. So we'll get to that in just a second. I do want us to focus for just a minute on the fact that we are now solidly into the second week of December, which means that we're coming to the end of 2021. And I know that you might be kind of groaning right now and saying, Meg, don't go there. Don't go towards what are your goals for 2022 and And what are you visioning? But I got to tell you, it works. And so I'm going to challenge all of you as we're closing out this year, a year of challenges and a year of hopefully wonderful successes for you to look back over 2021 and determine what are the things that I did that really moved the needle for me, that really helped me move in whatever direction, whether it's in relationships or work or, you know, some personal hobby or something that really lit you up and helps you be more who you are, who you want to be, how you want to show up and evaluate what you did to make those things happen. We help our clients tap in and anchor into their positive successes. I would encourage you to do the same. We also want to look at 2021 and say, gosh, where did I derail? Where did I potentially put energy and time and focus that did not pay off for me? And how do I want to realign and change the course? And then, yes, I'm going to say it, look at 2022 and make some determination about what you want that year to look like for you. As I speak to you, I'm looking at my wall calendar of 2022, all 12 months with all these 
color things written in of all my launches and my different mentor groups and the things I'm teaching and the retreats I'm going on and speaking in or the conferences. And I just encourage you now to start looking at 2022. What do you want that to look like? And what do you need to do to make that happen? So I hope that the Star Coach Show will be a successful resource for you in implementing the kinds of things that you want to have happen. Know that the Star Coach Show is created to bring you strategies, tools, and resources. In my 13 years of working as an executive coach and a mentor coach, I have had the privilege of meeting many people to bring you their wisdom. I also like to bring those solo shows to you that share uh, ideas and strategies and wisdom with you. Know also that as a business owner for over 30 years, I know that part of your success if you are building a business or you have a business is connecting with the right resources using platforms that will help support your business, knowing, you know, different talent to use, different things to tap into, which is why I'm building the Star Coach resource page. It will continue to get new information put on it. I'm actually hoping to spend part of my Christmas break really building it out that much more, but it already has some information on it. And I encourage you to explore if you're looking for resources that are going to help you be successful as a business owner. And that's at starcoachshow.com slash resource, starcoachshow.com slash resource. Now, let's talk about our learning superpower. My guest today is Lucas Root. Lucas spent over 17 years leading numerous teams on Wall Street. And then once he established a consistent track record of success, he decided to start his own consulting business, helping smaller but powerful brands build so that he can help companies think about different ways to engage. And he has a best-selling course, work from home. He travels the world doing speaking engagements and podcasts. And he publishes all about how to empower ourselves and how to potentially start up a business and create waves of change in the world. So Lucas was lots of fun to talk to. We we did this deep dive into three different paths to learning and and what potentially are the most powerful things that we can do to really tap into our learning and to grow and to bring our best into the world. So I won't make you wait anymore. Let's go to my interview with Lucas Root. Lucas Root, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is so nice to spend time with you this afternoon. Meg, I'm so excited to have you or to to be had, to be here. <laughs> to be had, yes. Let's yeah. 
we're going to be talking about something that's so important. We were actually just talking before we started recording about the fact that our superpower of learning of how we're showing up as our best influences the way that we experience life as well as the way that we can help others. So it's just so important in so many different angles. Let's talk first about what led you to working around productivity and this concept of learning and that's brought you to the place that you are in life right now. Yeah. Um, So I I started out my career, uh, you know, I I went into college and and my freshman year, this is a ways back now, my freshman year, I took 15 credits in my first semester and did really quite poorly. And you know, we had we had two options coming out of my first semester. Option number one was find a way to reduce the credits, and option number two was find a way to increase the credits. And um, I didn't have any idea what was going to be the right answer, but I was like, let's go with option two. Let's increase the credits. So I I I bumped up, um, and I had to get dean approval every single semester I was in college for this. I bumped up to over twenty five credits every semester from there on. Are you serious? Well, obviously yeah. you're serious, but oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is craziness. It's, it is it's craziness. Um, it turned out that I don't do very well unless I'm being challenged. I mean, really challenged. Really challenged. Yeah. Um, and my grades turned around. So um, I, I actually graduated with honors uh, despite semester one where I did not do well. Like you I graduated was, with honors in like two minutes after <laughs> taking all of those credits so quickly. Wow. Um, and so I came out of college and went to Wall Street, which is another incredibly stressful, you know, um, huge amount of work, huge stress environment. And I thrived. I did great. And um, after five years or so of that, I started to ask the question, why? Why is this working well for me? And that led me down this path of what it is that makes human animal successful at doing the things that they want to do right now, right? And that to me is what productivity is. Productivity is how can I be successful at doing the thing that I want to do right now for the next half hour or for the next hour, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. So it could be resting. It could be spending time with your significant other. It could be creative writing or painting. I, I know that most artists don't think of their work as productive, but if you're focused and effective, that is productive. So good. So you said, as, as we were talking about this, that um, there's actually two superpowers that, that you, you need. And, and let's share a little bit about your superpower uh, philosophy with us. Yeah. So if, if somebody comes to me and says, which superpower would you have if you could have any superpower at all? Um, there is no question in my mind. Absolutely number one on that list, it always has been my entire life, would be telekinesis, moving objects with my mind without the interference of my fingers, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's still moving objects, you know? You pick right, up. right, right. I did that with my mind. Um, <laughs> I'd like to be able to do it without my hands. <laughs> So that would be number one. That's number one. If that wasn't on the drawing board, what would your number two choice be? Oh, even if it is, my number Uh, two choice is still true. Number two, and it's a close second, is being able to learn better, faster, more efficiently, more effectively tomorrow than I am today forever. So accelerating my capacity to learn forever. And there's a reason for that. Okay. 
I mean, telekinesis is just damn cool. So that's why it's not. <laughs> and I think, I think maybe you could be one of the X-Men if you, if you had telekinesis. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's so it's, desired. It's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, learning. Uh, most of us don't think about the fact that we, as a biological being, we are changing all the time. And that can either be a, a source constant wonder and excitement and beauty, or it can be a distraction. And it's really up to you which of those paths you walk down, because change is happening. It's happening in the world around us. It's happening within us all the time. And if we focus on creating a superpower out of learning and making ourselves machines at getting better, faster at understanding ourselves, and then understanding the world around us, then all of that change turns into the former. It turns into a source of constant wonder and excitement and an opportunity to test new hypotheses and understand the world better. And as, as we are engaging just in life, but, you know, often um, coaches become coaches after they've been in career number one and career number two, and not like those are unsuccessful careers, but they just continue to grow and want more. And, and so one of the, um, one of the things I really enjoy is, is being able to teach adult learners through the university where, um, I teach executive coaching and that learning the excitement of kind of being in that learning atmosphere again for many of them who have who are kind of coming back into learning yet they're probably learning every day even outside of the university you and I had talked about like going over the mechanical process of learning and I think that that might be a great way to to give a little more essence to, to what it is that, that we're focused on today. So where do we want to begin when we think about the mechanical process of learning? I love it. I'm one of my degrees is, is mechanical engineering. And there's a joke amongst engineers that civil engineers build things and mechanical engineers break things. <laughs> so I, I can never walk away from that. In, at least in my life, that has been very much true. I, I'll interact with something, understand it, and then I have to break it down so that I can understand it at all of its little component parts. And I'm a do-it-yourself kind of guy. And so um, your audience probably will appreciate some of what my do-it-yourself kind of guyness has has gotten me. Um, Good. Learning, there are three different paths to learning, and I'm going to go in reverse order. Okay. Most people will recognize the, the third one that I'm going to mention very well, because that's what people think of as learning, but I'm going to go in reverse order. Well, reverse engineering is one of my favorite things, right? So there you have it. We're going to reverse engineer in this. Yeah. The first one is straight up download, where you instantly understand something and you don't have a pathway that you took to arrive at that. Mushroom hunting is my favorite example of this. You can read all the books on mushroom hunting. And are there lots of books on mushroom hunting? Presumably. I have okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I do actually have a few. Okay. You can read all the books on mushroom hunting and then you get out into the field, quite literally, and try to bring to bear the knowledge that you right. have accumulated. Try to implement the all those pages you read. Yes. Can't do it. It's amazing. Um, the only way to become an expert at mushroom hunting is through a download that is facilitated by another expert at mushroom hunting. 
facilitated, not led, right? You go mushroom hunting with another expert and you get it. You just get it. That interesting. It's so cool. This is a new piece of information for me. It is so cool. Now, I personally actually believe that that pathway exists for all knowledge. That's just a belief. I'm not really sure how to test it. <laughs> if your audience can test it, please do so. Right. And me send email. us a note. I yes. want to hear about it. Like, you heard what I have to say about learning. If we can turn this on, that's right, where right. I want to be. Right. Um, okay. So a download and your example is mushroom hunting around that. Okay. Yes. That's, I consider that to be number three. Now, number two is modeling. Okay. Now, um, it's similar to mushroom hunting in that you can't learn it from a book. Um, it's dissimilar from mushroom hunting in that it doesn't actually happen as a result of an instant understanding that's simply turned on. A great example of modeling is martial arts. Great example. You can't learn it from a book. You can read all the books on martial arts. You absolutely must have somebody show you how to do it and for you to copy. That's the modeling process. Mm-hmm. Sports is another great example. Right. And, and the practice has to come into that as well, I guess, you know, and actually for coaching, I'll say again and again, if you don't practice it, it stays theoretical and it doesn't make any, it makes sense. But when you go to do it, it doesn't happen the way that the theory, you've got to actually experience it and practice it and and get your own, your own rhythm your own sort of flow of coaching in there. So not exactly the same, probably, but, but definitely see it and then implement it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Now you don't actually need hands-on coaching for modeling to work. Whereas with the download, you absolutely need hands-on direct contact with an expert modeling. Theoretically, I think it would be quite challenging, but theoretically you could learn it over video. Okay. Asynchronous, not live. You could watch Kung Fu movies and become a Kung Fu expert. Okay. For all of you who that is your goal. And then what is the third type of process of learning? Yes. And this is what I call information ingestion. And this is quite literally the one I keep talking about. You can't do it here. You can't do it here. Well, this is where you can do it. This is learning from a book, information ingestion. And the reason I talk about them in reverse order is because I think most people think about learning from a book as the primary learning source, but I don't agree. I think that download is number one. I think we download information from our parents when we're infants. So it's, it's actually a natural process. Mm. I think that modeling is actually number two. As we move out of infancy and into childhood, modeling becomes the the MO, the modus operandi for all of the learning that we do until we move into this number three. And in our society, there's a lot of focus on on this number three, that information ingestion, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's cheap. Ah, It is. It's really, really cheap. It's societally speaking, it's very cheap to give people books or sell it to them. I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter what the medium is. It's much more expensive to give somebody a live expert. Which is actually from my years as a therapist, the very first in when I went into private practice, I worked at an attention deficit clinic. And and so often it's the kids that don't 
they, they need one of these other types of learning. And when they get a book put in front of them and told to sit and just read, they just can't ingest it that way. So then they kind of, their energy comes out in other directions. But the thing that you're saying just makes so much sense that, that while we, we might as a society push people towards book learning, is that really the way that we're all wired or even the best way to be wired? Not not to put a, a judgment on it, but just a reality on it. Yeah. Now it's cheap in both directions. So I'm I'm not in any way advocating people to move away from information ingestion because again, it's cheap in both directions. It's really easy for me to get a book. Mm-hmm. Now, in order for that to be an effective, productive way for me to learn something, we need to up level the way that we ingest information. Now. As many gods that we are, <laughs> we have created things in the world and we create them in our own image. So I would like to point out the computer. Okay. One of our finest creations. And we have created it in our own image. I'm holding up a keyboard for those of you who are listening. Mm-hmm. There is an analog information input method, the keyboard. Mm-hmm. It's an analog information input method. There's also a digital information input method right? So we can plug something in and it'll download. There are benefits to both. Analog is very, very flexible. Plugging in and downloading directly, not very flexible. Both of those are available to us when we're ingesting information. Okay. In the case that we want to ingest information very, very quickly, probably plugging things in is better, but it's not very flexible, which means you have to, as the recipient of that information, trust that the information is coming in, in a way that's beneficial to you and benefit the thing you're trying to get from it. And there are things that you can do if you have that trust that increase the speed with which you can ingest that information and make it usable. Example, a lot of people try really hard to learn while they're tired. It's not very effective. Why do I say this? Well, most of us are tired all the time. So any learning that you're trying to do, you're trying to do when you're tired. So step one, stop being tired. Step two, figure out which kind of learning you're trying to do, which kind of information ingestion you're trying to do, and move it around in the day so that it better aligns with the brain state that you're going to have naturally during that time. If you trust the information and it's coming in in a way that doesn't need to be flexible, that's not valuable to you. Do it first thing in the morning. Why? Your brain is still in the download state. It's just a natural state that your brain goes into first thing in the morning. It also happens right after a meditation. So when you're saying, you know, take this in, what kind of, is it the, the data ingestion, the modeling, the, the download, or is any, just any kind of learning is best first thing in the morning? Any kind of learning is best first thing in the morning. Okay. Unless it requires you to mentally process. Remember, I continue. Okay. I I talked about the idea of flexible information versus information that doesn't need to be flexible. Okay. So, super simple things, they don't need to be flexible. So, the simpler it is, the less you have to mentally process in order to engage with the information. That's perfect for first thing in the morning, simple stuff that you don't have to mentally process to engage with. Part of the reason why most people read fiction or pull out their cell phones, because they're really only capable of super simple things. 
it's a it's a brain thing. Yes, I mean, also we're addicted to our cell phone, but right. But part of the reason why that feedback loop works is because you're really only capable of super simple things early in the morning. Okay. So we don't want to necessarily start writing a your huge, yeah, your thesis at, at 6 a.m. No, not probably not useful unless you got up at four. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the sooner that you have to start mentally engaging, you can take in information. So try listening to a podcast that's not one of those podcasts that makes you think, but a podcast that just shares information. Listen to one of those early in the morning and you're going to find that you start remembering it. You're like, wait a minute. I really do remember things from early in the morning. This is cool. Okay. So it's a sort of a place that it, you can you can absorb the information. You just don't want to be challenged first thing in the morning. Right. Okay. Um, challenging does two things. One, it breaks the download state. Here's what's cool about the way our brain works. Think about the computer. When we're in processing mode, we can't be downloading. So as soon as you turn on processing, download stops. So okay, if you're so listening first to a podcast, download. Okay. Yes. So if you're listening to your podcast, Meg, which is quite quite enjoyable, everyone, go ahead. <laughs> I th- I think so. We're having fun, but also <laughs> my guess is that your audience is mentally engaged. Right which means this is not a good download time podcast because they have to think about it. They have to engage with it. They have to listen and, and, and challenge their beliefs and understand how this new idea is going to fit into their life. It's not simple. It's not going to just go straight in and be turned on. You're exactly right. And I'm usually challenging. How are you going to apply this to your business? How are you going to apply this to your own personal professional growth? So So what time of the day would be best to listen to the Star Coach show? Mm, Love it. You know, when I would listen to this during lunch, Ah. because you've stepped out of the stress of your workday, but for the most part, you're probably at more or less peak alert. So you're not stressed. You're not focused on the workday. You're taking a break. I hope you're all taking a break and not sitting at your desk and eating lunch with Meg on one screen and your email on the other. Please, please don't don't be doing that. So you're, you've stepped out of the stress so that your brain's actually available to be able to engage with these new ideas and have fun with it. And you're at peak alert. That's the time. That's the time. So as we think about, because all this is kind of wrapping into how we're most productive during the day and how we show up best. I know that, um, I know that several of you, well, myself included, have have made major changes over the past year and a half. You're probably working from home. You know, I think I've shared the story when my husband of 35 years came home from golf one Saturday with all of his boxes from the office. And I was like, what are all those boxes? And he said, oh, I've just decided I'm working from home now. So it just is what it is. So, So this concept of working from home with all the I know that you've got some ideas, like how do we create these paths of learning and productivity when our whole environment's been put on its head? Yeah, it's a challenge. And most of us didn't build our lives to accommodate for this. And we're sort of making do with what we've got. And it's probably not perfect. And I get that. I'm, I'm there with you all. I'm home. I didn't used to be. I love working from home. I love being in control. I love having my own space, but it, it is a change. Mm-hmm. Number one, 
all of your senses contribute to the experience that you have. We all know this. It's part of the reason why Disney controls the smell while you're walking through their parks. It's amazing. They contribute to the experience that you're having. Another example, bakers put cinnamon in their stoves so that you will smell it while you're walking down the street. All of your senses contribute to the experience that you're having. So um, if you're in productivity mode for work, the clothing that you wear, the sounds that you're listening to, the smells, the way that your skin feels, all of that contributes to your capacity to move into the productivity of the moment for that activity. Example, I'm wearing a collared shirt. I wear collared shirts to be productive while I'm working. My body recognizes this as a productivity uniform. Counter example, I can go running in this collared shirt. My running doesn't care what kind of shirt I'm wearing, but I wear specific clothing to go running, not necessarily because I need flexibility or because I want sweat wicking, really good marketing as far as I'm concerned. However, it feels different. It smells different. It sits on my skin differently. My body recognizes it as a productivity uniform for running. Running. So as we are making our new environments for ourselves, we've got to pay attention to all of our senses and what, what is each thing sort of contributing to our brains and to, to who we are about what we're doing at that moment. Oh, so important. So good. So what's good productivity smells? Yeah. Do you know? It's not a biological thing. It's a you thing. Okay. By that, I mean, and you're going to love this. All of your coaches are going to love this. We are all an N equals one experiment. Well, gosh, is that so? <laughs> yeah. And what do we do with that? What you do, what, what that really means is test things out and see what works. I keep specific types of oils around the house. Honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter which ones you use. Just don't cross pollinate. So use one specific smell for when you're sitting at your desk to work. Use a different smell for when you're over in your painting corner doing your painting. Use a different smell for when you're sitting down on the couch reading a book to learn. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. And when we, and I sort of went down this, this path real quick of, of working from home because I don't know, something you said had reminded me of that, but did we get looking at, did we optimize looking at the different kinds of learning? Was there anything that we left on the table that you wanted to challenge us to think about? And yes, I said challenge guys, because you're listening to this during lunch when you are ready to be challenged. <laughs> um, right. Challenge us about when it comes to the concept of the different kinds of learning and how to optimize our learning superpower. Ooh, I love it. Look, and I said this before, and I will say it again, any of you, any of you who can find ways to turn on that download, share it with me, please share it with everyone you know. The, the more people that are accessing knowledge instantly, the, the more that our entire society is going to uplevel itself more effectively, more efficiently, better. Mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to find ways to do it more myself. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's the coolest thing in the world when it works. Um, and you experienced this mushroom hunting. I did the first time. Uh huh. 
So you were with, cause I just, we have to spend a little more time around this download thing. So you were, you saw somebody or you partnered with somebody, but they didn't like you, once you saw it, it all made sense to you. Is that basically what you're saying? Participated. Yes. Okay. It just, it just clicked. Okay. I I'm trying to think just, of other places in life where we just do that download is what I'm trying to think. I think that lots of people have experienced it and they just don't catalog it as that. I could see because it's like something's niggling at the back of my brain that like I probably experienced that, but it'll be like long after the interview that it'll start to settle in. Yeah. So I want to thank you. Now, when we think about the kinds of learning, because I was just about to like thank Lucas for his information and begin to move forward. But then I thought this, this information about how we learn also impacts probably the way that we learn to be coaches, but also what we do to build businesses as coaches. So I would say, as you're listening, guys, think about like, where am I getting downloads on what makes sense for me in my Mm -hmm. business building? Do I have to like how I do that as well as how I'm engaging in the practice of coaching? And I see Lucas's eyes light up. So I'm going to be quiet now. And like, what do you want to add to that? I bet that there are specific things. Again, here's my mechanical engineer coming out. I bet that there are specific things that create that pathway, that open it up and make it possible. And I'll bet that they contain some of the following. Number one, you probably created a framework inside your brain so that when the information is ready to be turned on, all of the connections just instantly light up. So you started with a framework. Number two, you probably had a specific brain state. So intensely curious maybe, or just on the, the, the border, just on the cusp of delighted and happy. And that particular brain state for that particular skill made it possible for it all to just turn on instantly. And you said there were three. Um, yeah. I'm virtually certain that you have to be in the presence of an expert when it happens. You, they don't necessarily have to be executing the skill, but they have to be an expert and you have to be in their presence. Okay. So I am so grateful that, that you brought this forward. My gears are going now. I almost hear the gears of the whole audience going. <laughs> and, and if people want to know more about you or how to connect with you, what do you want them to do? Uh, two easiest places to find me are my website, lucasroot.com. I'm very active on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at lucroot, L-U-C-R-O-O-T. Beautiful. Thank you again for making me smile, making me think, and doing the same for the audience. My pleasure. This was great. I wonder what came up for you as you listen to the different ways that we can learn and what you think about this concept of the download. Very interesting. If you'd like to know more about Lucas and pick up the links that he talked about, go to starcoatshow.com slash 266, starcoatshow.com slash 266. Come back next week. I'm going to be sharing some thoughts with you solo as we are drawing to the end of the year. I look forward to having that share with you next week. 
And remember, wherever you listen to the show, if you know of people that would benefit from what a particular show says or the show as a whole, please share the share the episode or or invite people to subscribe. If you like the show, leave a rate and review wherever you listen because that's what draws more people. I got such a gratifying invitation on LinkedIn the other day from a coach who said, oh my gosh, I just found the Star Coach show. It is amazing. Thank you so much, which obviously warmed my heart. And I would like more and more people to find the Star Coach show. And I can uh, please thank you for helping people find it. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Go forth and coach. Take care. Bye-bye.